Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. As you're being seated, join me in Genesis chapter 17. We're going to go right into the Word tonight. Genesis chapter 17. Verse 1 says, When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. God identified himself to Abram. He said, I am the Almighty God. In the original language, it is the word El Shaddai. And the definition of the word is all sufficient. God identified himself as the provision, the provider, the supply, the God of blessing. He said, I am the God of all sufficiency. In me you will find no lack. In me you will discover a life of more than enough. In me you will come to know that I am all sufficient. Hallelujah. The God who is more than enough. And he identified himself in that manner to Abram. And he wants to introduce himself to you in that manner if you have yet to know him as the God of more than enough. He's got his hand outstretched and he said, I want to introduce myself. I am the all-sufficient God. I am the God who will bring the more than enough into your life. Amen. He wants us to know this aspect of who he is. He wants us to know his desire for us is to do us good. One of my favorite verses is in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 40 and 41. In this, we see God's desire for our lives. He said, I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and I will not turn away from them to do them good. Thank you, Jesus. In other words, he's always hand outstretched, arms outstretched, blessing outstretched. He will never turn away and say, I don't have time for that. He'll never turn away and say, no blessing for you today, no help for you today. He said, I, I will not turn away from them. I will not turn away. My center column reference says, from after them. I will not turn away from after them. In other words, God is looking for a way to be a blessing to us. He's looking for a way to provide for us, to do us good. That's what God has on his mind when he thinks of us. I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. Do you see that phrase again? To do them good. I will rejoice over them. Not only is he saying, I will make a covenant, and in that covenant I promise and I swear to you, I will not turn away. But not only that, he said, over every opportunity that I am granted to do you good, it makes me rejoice. We were here rejoicing. I was rejoicing about some things that God is doing in my life. I was rejoicing and thanking Him for some supernatural things that I have been waiting on for decades to come to pass in my life and they are about to come to pass in my life. And I was overwhelmed with the gratitude of thinking how gracious and how good He is to me. But he said when he gets the opportunity to do something good for you, 
He gets up off the throne. He dances his dance. He sings his songs. He rejoices. It gives God joy and causes him to erupt in gratitude and thanksgiving for the opportunity to do something good for us. Hallelujah. He said, I will rejoice over them to do them good and I will plant them in this land assuredly stable, established with my whole heart and with my whole soul. Do you see how much of God is invested in doing us good? With my whole heart, he said, with my whole soul. Ephesians chapter 2 in the Amplified Bible. I like it in King James, but I really like how it amplifies out when the definitions are brought forth in the Amplified. So I'm going to ask if they'll go right to Ephesians uh, 2 and verse 10 in the Amplified, and I'll just go straight to it and read it from the screen. It says, We are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us. What did he plan beforehand for us? Good works, good things, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. The path is already laid out that we should walk in them living the good life. That's where the paths take us. When we obey God and we follow His paths, He sets us in His steps. It says righteousness goes before us and sets us into God's steps. It says in the Bible that He will direct our steps and order our steps. And when we follow those steps that He directs, it leads us into the good life which He prearranged and made ready. The good life is ready now. The good life is ready now. And the only thing between you and the good life is the steps that you take every day leading you into it. Because God wants to put us right in the center of His goodness. Amen? Psalm 35, 27. Psalm 35, 27. We're going to see so much from the Scripture tonight that it, we, and we are people who are easily persuaded by the word. Would you say that about yourself tonight? I am a person. Say it with me. I am easily persuaded by the word. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy. Hallelujah! And be glad who favor my righteous cause. One translation uses in that phrase, who favors my covenant cause. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Say it continually. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity. And then you put your name there. You put your name there. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of Michelle Steele. Amen? He takes pleasure. He rejoices to do us good. He takes pleasure in our prosperity. Jeremiah 33 I know we were just in that vicinity, but let's go back. Jeremiah 33, and let's read in verse 9. And it shall be to me, talking about the blessing that he brings upon our life, it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them. The good that God does unto you, we're not going to be able to keep it quiet. He's going to get all the glory for what He's doing in our lives. He's going to get all the glory. When, when it comes to pass, 
When it comes to pass, those things you've been believing for, those things I've been believing for for decades, when it comes to pass, we will be able to point directly to the source of the blessing and say, it wasn't me, it wasn't my connections, it wasn't anything I did, it wasn't any plan that I had, but it was the Lord and His favor and His goodness and His open doors and His supernatural favor working in my life. God did that. God did that. Amen. And God said it will be to him joy and praise and honor. He gets joy from doing you good. He gets praise from doing you good. And he gets honor when people hear about the good that he does for you, that he does for me. And they will fear and tremble for all. I mean, that's some goodness that makes people tremble. When they look at your life and they say, Ooh, how did that happen? Woo, hey, hey. They're going to hear, when they hear of all the goodness, they will tremble for all the prosperity that God procures unto you. Hallelujah. He will get the glory. He will get the honor. He will get the praise. Amen? Amen. So because God is by nature the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, and we have seen by these various testimony scriptures that God is himself personally joyful and pleased in prospering us and It causes other people to respect God and to honor God and to recognize God as the source. Then we need to put ourselves in the position to allow His all-sufficiency to have its work and operation in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 identifies that it was so important, so vital to God that this come to you that this be a part of your life, that he allowed Jesus to become struck with poverty. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and let's look at verse 9, and it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. For whose sake? For our sake. Jesus became poor for our sake. The same way that he became sick for our sake, the same way that he became sin for our sake, the same way that he was cursed for our sake, he became poor so that through His poverty, you might be rich. Can I see the amplified? Can I see the amplified here? And let's see if it it brings any, any specifics out to me. Hallelujah. You are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord. Did 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 Abram know God before? The scripture we read in Genesis 17, didn't he meet God in Genesis 12? He was about 75, so he had walked with God from 75 to 99 before he met God as the El Shaddai. Was Moses, did Moses encounter God at the burning bush? He encountered God at the burning bush, right? And yet he, at the burning bush, hid his face from God. Yet as he continued to become progressively acquainted with God and recognizing more strongly and clearly the goodness of God, he came to a place in his relationship with God where he pleaded with God, show me your glory. He wasn't hiding his face anymore. He wasn't hiding his face from God. Now he's saying, I want to see all your goodness. I want to see every detail about who you are. Why? Because the more we come to know Him, the more we want to come to know Him. The more we know about Him. And and we will be for eternity 
learning about him. We will be for eternity experiencing the revealings of his goodness to us. Amen? And that's what it says to us in Ephesians chapter 2, that for the ages to come, he is going to be revealing his favor to us. But what we see here in 2 Corinthians, continuing in the Amplified, we come more acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and more clearly the grace, the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ, His kindness, His gracious generosity, His undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that He was so very... Although He was so very rich, yet for your sake He became so very poor. For our sake He became so very poor in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. This is just as real as the blood he shed to free you from sin. This is just as real as the price that he paid to heal your body. This is just as real as the curse he bore upon himself to connect you to the blessing. He became so very poor so that you could become so very rich. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because our God is El Shaddai. My Father is all sufficient. That's who he is. He calls himself, I am the all sufficient one. Hallelujah. So let's find out what God has authored for us in our life. If this is who our God is, and this is the extreme price that he went to to pay for us to experience this aspect of who he is, Let's find out what he has designed and authored and planned. What do those living the good life days look like? Well, let's go to Psalm uh, chapter 25. Psalm 25. Oh, thank you, Lord, for thinking of us, for being mindful of us. Psalm 25 and verse 12. What man is he that fears the Lord? Right here. You found one. I think I see, I see, oh, there you are. There you are. I see we are here tonight because we fear the Lord. What man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. What does that mean? What does it mean to dwell at ease? What does it mean to dwell at ease? The King James says, His soul shall dwell at ease. The New Living Translation says, They will live in prosperity. Hallelujah. The New International Version says, They will spend their days in prosperity. They will live in prosperity. They will spend their days in prosperity. The Hebrew word for ease, from the, uh, from the Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word for ease means prosperity, bountiful wealth, and good in the widest possible sense. Hallelujah. Prosperity, bountiful wealth, and good in the widest possible sense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what God has chosen. Did it say the way that he shall choose? This is what God has chosen for us that we dwell in prosperity, bountiful wealth, and good in the widest possible sense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is God's design, and who are we to pick something different? Who are we to tell God, I'm okay. This is enough. Is, did we find out that when we prosper, He is pleased, He is honored, He is praised, and He is made joyful? Then would we be depriving Him if we settled for less? He wouldn't get the joy. He wouldn't get the praise. He wouldn't get the honor. He wouldn't get the glory. 
if he's not able to express his goodness upon our life and, and, and be who he is, the all-sufficient one. Amen? Praise God. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is a familiar scripture to us. We visit it uh, often. Uh, but I want us to look at two words specifically in this. Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We know that this is the Apostle Paul responding to people who had sown into his ministry, enabling him to preach and to carry out missionary journeys. As they supplied into his life, they were sowing into the assignment of God on his life. And he responded by saying, because you've been a supply in this ministry of God, in this that God has assigned for me, I'm releasing my faith. My God shall supply all your need. You supplied need in my life, but God shall supply need in your life. And it says, according to His riches in glory. Not according to the size of your need. Your need might be five-gallon bucket size need. But God doesn't measure in five-gallon five buckets. God's measuring is based on not your need, not the size of the difficulty you're facing, not the amount of money you need, but the amount of money He has. According to His riches, He supplies out of His measuring cup. He supplies out of His... And this word, uh, riches, according to his riches, it means his own personal storehouse. You know, when David gave into the temple in 1 Chronicles, there was money he gave out of the king's treasury in the palace, the palace treasury, the national treasury. But then David reached into his own pocket and said, I'm not going to let anybody give and me not give. He's, he was the first one out of his own private financial supply he gave. Well, this says that God doesn't need to pull it out of the kingdom treasury. He reaches right in his pocket and says, I got you. I got you. I got you right here. I got you. Amen. Out of his own personal supply, God will supply your need. Hallelujah. So according to, I want us to look at that and I want us to let that sink in. According to, the Bible in basic English says, And my God will give you all you have need of from the wealth of His glory. From the wealth of His glory. Hallelujah. Uh, the Greek, if you were to take the Greek and, and piece it together, it says this. Are you ready? My God will liberally supply, fill to the full, cram. Have you tried to cram anything into a suitcase? Is there anybody besides me that could not bear to leave town without all the shoes that I needed for every outfit? And I sat on the suitcase. I, I know I saw it in a, in a, a TV show, but it does work. I crammed that suitcase and sat on it to get it to shut. And God will cram. It, that is one of the definitions of that word. God will cram, furnish, satisfy, finish, and complete all your needs, employment, requirements, all of your lack, and any business you need according to His riches, his wealth, his money, and his possessions. We need to see God saying, I'm using my money to meet your needs. I'm not using any, anybody else's money. I'm not using money out of the kingdom treasury. I'm using my own personal wealth to fund what you need. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Ephesians 3. We're looking at God as all-sufficient. We're having to cover some different aspects because we want the Scripture to persuade us. We want to be persuaded like Abraham became fully persuaded. We want to live a fully persuaded life that my heavenly Father is the all-sufficient one. And the only way I can fulfill His joy is to receive of His sufficiency. Is to let Him bless me the way He wants to bless me. For me to deny Him that, that blessing is is hindering His joy. And I am not going to stand in the way of God and His joy. Ephesians 3.20, again, I want to see the Amplified if I could. We know the King James says this, and I'll read it while he's getting the Amplified. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. The Holy Spirit had to to back-to-back stack those adjectives. Uh, These uh, exceeding, these adverbs, uh, exceeding abundantly above all. He is able to do. How is he able to do? He didn't stop it. See, exceedingly wasn't good enough to describe what God is able to do. The Holy Spirit knew if I just say God is able to do exceeding, that there would be people falling short of receiving. If, If he just said God is able to do exceeding abundantly... They would still fall short. They needed to have these three stacked together descriptions of God's ability and God's God's capacity that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. 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 No limitation in that. That took all of the the limitation. That that didn't leave any room for something to say, this is one area God can't do it. No, he said all, above all, that you could ask or think. He wants us to ask. He told us to ask. We read that last night in our our last session of the, the six days of faith that turned into eight. Right? Seven anyway, right? Praise God. But he wants us to ask. He said, that's the law of the kingdom. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. He said, I want you to ask so your joy would be full. Ask in my name. Woo. Ask, ask using my name. I want you to use my name when you ask because there's a definite clearance. I mean, that's like a a, a signed blank check. Ask in my name. So that your joy might be full. I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be full. So he wants us to ask. But he says that God is still able. God's capacity exceeds. And no matter how big you think you can ask. No matter how big you think you can can think. God is able to exceed that. Abundantly above all. But then we see this word again, according to. God is able in in connection to. The Amplified says, Now unto him who by, in consequence of, the action of his power that is at work within us, unto him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all, Superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond, <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Come on, that's where God's calling us to. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers. Desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Hallelujah. It's connected to the power that works in us. And the power that works in us is generated by this word. Hallelujah. God's ability is behind God's desire to bless us. 
God's desire for us to experience His goodness and to this, our soul dwelling in prosperity and bountiful wealth and good in the widest possible sense. It's connected to His capacity. He's able to back up His desire. He doesn't just want to do you good. He wants to do you good and can. You know, I've, I've experienced some people who love me and said, I really wish I could do that for you. I'd really like to do that for you. But God, He's able to say, I can. I want to and I can. Yeah. Amen? Amen? But there is a cooperation on our part. And it's a believing and receiving part. It, it is a bringing of a renewing of the mind to this and seeing God's blessing as something that honors Him, something that gives Him glory, something that points people to how good our Heavenly Father is. Psalm 65, 11. Psalm 65, verse 11. Hallelujah. <laughs> You crown the year. You crown the year with your goodness. And your paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. Why? Because God's abundance has crowned their year. Hallelujah. This word in the New Living, New Living Translation, it says, You crown my year with a bountiful harvest, and even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to... to bring such a bounty and such a, a supply into our life. Psalm 66, 12 says, You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Now, you might think that sounds kind of harsh. You have caused men to ride over our heads. If you're hiding and they ride over your head and never see you, that's a good thing. If you're hiding down in a ravine and they ride over, that's, that's God keeping you, they went right past you and never saw you. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. You brought us out into a wealthy place. You may have had to walk through some difficult situations and God may have had to keep you along the way. He may have had to preserve you right in the presence of your enemies. He may have had to uh, 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 walk you through things that it felt like fire. It felt like uh, it, you could almost drown. But God said, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. When you go through the water, you will not be flooded. Amen? He says he brought you through all that. And he brought you out into a wealthy place. That's where he's desiring to lead all of his children. That's where he desires to take us all into a wealthy place. Psalm 85, 12. We're just looking at our all-sufficient God tonight. We're, we're coming to know him. We want to know him the way he introduced himself to Abram as El Shaddai. Psalm 85 and verse 12. It says, Yes, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. The New Living says, The Lord pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. You and I may not be agricultural in our society today as they were when these promises were so dear to their heart, but we can apply it. We are still spiritually agricultural. We have seed in the ground, and what our seed is doing is more than what our job can do. What our seed is accomplishing, accomplishing is multiplying more than what we can earn on our job. We're on our job, so we have seed that God can multiply. 
We're working that job to be productive and to be a blessing and to be a light. And we have seed out of that job and then God multiplies it. But what he does in the blessing and the multiplication of my seed is producing more for me than I could ever earn in my lifetime. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe in the blessing of a bountiful harvest. I believe God wants to pour out His rain upon the seed I have in the ground. I believe that God will crown my year. I've been sowing this year. I've got seed in the ground this year. And I believe God is crowning my year with His bountiful harvest. Amen. He will cause my land to yield her increase. I've got financial seed in the ground. I've got prayer seed in the ground. I've got declarations I've been sowing into the ground. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got gospel I've been preaching into the ground. I'm expecting a harvest. I'm expecting a harvest in our churches. I'm expecting a a harvest in our altar calls. I'm expecting a harvest of souls coming into the kingdom as a result of our television ministry. I'm expecting a harvest in my family. Hallelujah. I've got all kinds of seed going on around here. I am a sower. And I've been busy sowing. And I want it all to be bountiful. Glory to God. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Seed time and harvest works for me. Amen. Why? Because that's part of the blessing. The blessing is empowerment. It is, is intended to be an empowerment for sowers and reapers. Ezekiel 34. Hallelujah. Let's read 25. Ezekiel 34, 25, and we'll go down to 27. And I will make with them a covenant of nothing missing, nothing broken. That is a shalom covenant. This is our covenant. We have this covenant in Christ. I will make with them a covenant of of full restoration to the point that you have nothing missing and nothing broken in any area of your... There can't be need when the covenant of peace is operative. There can't be outstanding need and lack that lingers when we are allowing the covenant of nothing missing, nothing broken to have its full intent and operation in our life. He said, I will make with them a covenant of peace And I will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land. And they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Now, y'all, I'm going to sleep in the woods in a camper. Y'all can have your tent. Y'all can have your tent. I need a camper if I'm going to be sleeping in the woods. Thank you. Good night. Before we go too far into this, no snake getting up in my sleeping bag. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. I will make them a blessing. That exceeds blessing you. To make you a blessing, you have to have received the blessing and gone beyond the stage of just being blessed yourself. Because for you to be a blessing, you have to have enough for it to spill over and for there to be more than enough, which means you have already come to know the all-sufficient God, the God who is more than enough. So he says, I will make them a blessing. I will make them be a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. The Hebrew word for showers is defined as to pour down violently. To pour down. Does it say that the blessing will come on you and overtake you? 
Did we read that this morning? The blessing will come on you and, and, and take hold of you, we saw one translation said. Take hold of the blessing, just taking hold of you and says, I'm moving you into more. I'm moving you into more. You've been going on this just enough road long enough. We need to move you. And the, the blessing just, just takes the wheel and just turns you right on to the path of the more. It comes on you. It overtakes you. It says there shall be showers. The word showers means to pour down violently. The definition is this. A falling of things from the air in thick succession and in great and large quantities. <laughs> That's what a shower is. That's what a shower is. A falling of things from the air in thick succession. Thick. Thick. I mean, you, your hair's going to get wet if you get caught in a shower. You might be able to run from the car to the building if it's just a sprinkle. But when it's coming down, you're, you're going to open the door and if you don't have a... Uh, an umbrella, just forget it is, it is, your hair is just gone. It's just wet. You're going to have wet head the rest of the day. Right? But he's talking about not water. He said, there shall be showers of blessing. I'm going to say it for you. That happens to me all the time. That happens to me. Why? Because I'm decreeing a thing, it shall be established. That happens to me all the time. Showers of blessing. Showers. Thick succession of blessings. Not, not, this is, we're not talking about water. We're not talking about something's going to knock you in the head. We're talking about blessings. He said showers of blessings. Blessings. A, a rapid, it says, again, a falling of blessings. A falling of blessings in thick succession. I'm putting the blessing in there. A falling of blessings in thick succession. And in great and large quantities. We're talking about the covenant. The covenant of peace. He said there shall be showers of blessing. And the trees, this is what the showers of blessing are going to produce in your life. They're not just for a moment. You know, we think about the rain for a moment, then the sun comes out and it dries it all out. But that rain is at work. It went down into the water table. It's down providing growth in producing growth. And that's why it's a good rain. And then two days later, you got to mow that yard again. <laughs> right? Why? Because that rain went to work. That blessing, that shower went to work. And this is what the blessing is going to do. These showers of blessing. The tree of the field shall yield her fruit. And the earth shall yield her increase. And you may think, well, I've been working and we've been trying to pay this off and we've been trying to save enough money for this thing that we need to replace and we've been trying. But when the showers of blessing comes, it causes your life to yield increase. It causes those things that you've been trying to do and you've been, you've been diligent about all of that diligent work. When the blessing comes on, those things you've been diligent about, it causes an increase that's supernatural. The tree of the field shall yield fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. And they shall be safe in their land and shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke. This is another scripture that I used as kindling. Remember what we talked about the other night? Scriptures that we use for kindling to start a fire. This right here was another one that I used. Break the bands of the debt in my life. To come out of debt. This was one of the scriptures. Psalm 68, he brings out those which are bound by chains and he breaks the bonds of my yoke. And then it says... They will know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hands of those that serve themselves of them. That's talking about debt. It's talking about being in slavery or being in bondage or being uh, owing somebody and so that when I get a paycheck, I have to give it to the other people I owe and, and then I get to keep a portion of it. But if you don't owe them... 
It's not all going out. Do you see? God want the, He says showers of blessing will help you come out of debt. Showers of blessing will help you come out of debt. Get up and call for showers every day. Tell your wife, it looks like rain. Tell your husband, it looks like rain in the spirit around here. Showers at our house. Uh, what's in the forecast? Showers at my house. Showers of blessing at my house. Thick succession, falling, blessings falling. Not just a little dabble, do you? Not sprinkling at my house. It's a gusher. <laughs> we've, got, we've got showers of blessing. And, and it's producing increase in my life so that I'm coming out of debt and I'm being delivered from the bands of Sally Mae and I'm being delivered from the bands of Freddie Mac and I'm being delivered from the hands. You fill in the blank, whatever it is there. If you've got medical bills, uh, 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 student loans, whatever it may be, he, these showers of blessing that God brings will deliver you out of the hands of those you've been paying all your money to. And they will no more, listen to this, you and I will no more be a prey to the heathen, neither shall the beasts of the land devour us, but we shall dwell safely, and none shall make us afraid. When you have a full supply, there's a different safety that, that comes along with that, a knowledge of, it's, it, I got it, it's okay. And I will raise up for them a plant of honor, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen. Whenever I would read this, I would think, bear the shame of the heathen. What is the shame of the heathen? And I began to study this out. What does the shame of the heathen represent? It represents famine. Lack caused by famine. He said they will not bear the shame of lack. They will not bear the shame of famine in their land. The only reason people had famine was because they weren't following God. God is the source of the blessing. He said, I will open to you the treasures of heaven, the rain. The treasure of heaven, the rain. The showers. And whenever they were serving God, they had rain for their crops. But when they turned and, and followed after false gods and, and, and did not acknowledge God as God, the curse came in. It wasn't God punishing them. It was the curse that was always there but had, had been kept off of their life because of the blessing. But when they, they disconnected from the blessing by disobedience, remember what we saw was the, the blessing activator? Deuteronomy 28, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all of these commandments, these instructions, then all of these blessings will come on you and overtake you. So the hearing and doing of the word is the activation for the blessing. And when people in the Old Testament weren't following God and following His plan, they were cursed. And it wasn't God doing it per se. God, God Himself did not literally send the vipers into the camp. They came to Moses. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. Please go to God and, and, and help. We, we're repenting. We have sinned. They knew that what they had done had lifted the blessing. The snakes had always been there, but had never had entrance. It had never had those snakes. All of those weeks and months that they had been out there in the wilderness, the snakes had never had access to get past the blessing until they sinned. And when they began complaining and, and, and uh, uh, using their words in that way, the blessing lifted and the snakes that God had been protecting them from all that time came in. And then God in His mercy provided a redemption for them to look at the brass serpent on the pole and everyone who looked, they were healed. Praise God. Well, God is saying this covenant of peace is a protection to keep the famine. 
It's a protection to keep the famine away from your life. They will no more be consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26, let's read in the Amplified again, starting with verse 9. Leviticus 26, 9 in the Amplified. For I will be leaning toward you with favor. Picture that. Picture God stretching out His arms. He's leaning. He's like, come on, come on, baby. Come on, stretch. I got it right here. I got you right here. Come on. I'm leaning. He's leaning as far as He can lean over. I'm leaning for you with what? With favor. God is leaning toward you with favor and regard for you, rendering you fruitful, multiplying you, and establishing and ratifying my covenant with you. Hallelujah. Leviticus 26 is similar to Deuteronomy 28 that we read this morning. It it describes the blessing. And in this, he is saying, I'm leaning toward you with favor. I'm rendering you fruitful. I'm multiplying you. And this is to establish my covenant. And we talked about that again this morning. The blessing is God establishing. God is using the blessing to establish his covenant with us. Because he swore to Abraham and you're Abraham's seed. And so for God to keep his word to Abraham, he has to provide you with the blessing covenant. Do you see that? I have to be blessed so that Abraham's word, the word God gave Abraham, he said, I promised Abraham I'd bless you. Hallelujah. He promised me too. That promise I've inherited it. It's become mine. But God's going to keep his word. God's going to keep his word. He said, I'm leaning toward you with favor. I'm rendering you fruitful. This is so that I can establish my covenant. And then it says this in the next verse. Verse 10. And you will eat the abundant old store of produce long kept and clear out the old to make room for the new. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and get ready. Go ahead and get ready. A harvest is coming and you, ha- you still haven't emptied what's already in your supply cabinet. My grandmother, when she canned, you know, my grandmother would have certain things that she canned every year. She canned these tomatoes with okra in it. Go ahead and say yum. She canned these green beans. She canned corn. Uh, and she liked to make these little sweet pickles. And so grandma would can, but she would can mostly some of the same things every year. So she didn't take this year's canning and put it down at the front of the shelf. She would reach back and pull everything up, and that fresh canning went to the back, and that old store came to the front. Amen? So we're not talking about, Lord, you better come through because we're, we're on the last loaf of bread. Lord, you better come through because we're on the last Pop-Tart. Lord, you better come through because there's not a chip in this house. Oh, Lord, it's beans and taters and have mercy. Right? No, no. God says there's a supply. There's a supply. No, you're not down to your last dollar. There's a supply. You're not too much. No, 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 no. That song don't play in my house. We don't play that song in my house too much month. No, no, no. We're in the overflow, living in the overflow. That's what we're living in, right? We have the abundant store. And God says, even though you still have an abundant store, get ready. Pull it out. Go ahead and start eating on that. Go ahead and see where you can be a distribution center for somebody because there's coming some and you're going to have to make some room for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's plan for our prosperity is for our lifetime. 
And the thing about God is that where you are today, He wants you to increase. And where you are next year, He wants you to increase. And where you're going to be five years from now, He wants you to increase. He never wants you to peak. He never wants you to, to, okay, well, I've reached the high point and this is all I can do. No, if you'll keep putting pressure to be a bigger blessing, God will keep increasing you. If you keep saying, Lord, how can, how can I be powerful in the kingdom with what you're doing in my life? What do you want me to do with this blessing? It'll keep increasing in our lives. Psalm 92. The, this verse it, here in Psalm 92, it identifies the word flourishing. Flourishing. That's what we're talking about. Flourishing. It's a constant, continual growth and, and expansion. Psalm 92, let's look at verse 12. He refers to this flourishing. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So a cedar in Lebanon and a palm tree. He said the righteous shall flourish. So flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar. Cedar trees grow strong. They grow strong. They grow thick, right? So God wants you to flourish and grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word flourish in the Hebrew means increase. Increase. The righteous shall increase. It means enlarge. Enlarge. Become extremely successful. That is the Hebrew definition, I'm telling you. The righteous shall become extremely successful. It means to enter into a state of prosperity. A state of prosperity. Not, not a moment of prosperity, not an event of prosperity, but a state of prosperity. Hallelujah. To grow exuberantly. To grow exuberantly. To increase in wealth, favor, and honor. The righteous shall increase in wealth, favor, and honor. And you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So now you know God's plan for you. Now you know what is to be expected for every day of your life. Increase in wealth, favor, and honor. Hallelujah. Job 36. Wait, 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 wait. Verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord. This is our importance of our local church. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Again, that definition right here. Flourish. Become extremely successful. Grow exuberantly. Increase in wealth, favor, and honor. Enter into a state of prosperity. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be well watered and flourishing. They shall be well watered and flourishing, well supplied. Hallelujah. So this flourishing is not supposed to be for a certain stage of my life, but it is supposed to be the, the condition of my life long term. Praise God. Job 36, 11. I'm going to keep going until I think y'all are too full to take anymore. As long as, as, I, as, as, as nobody's pushing back their plate and saying, Whoo, I'm too full. I'm just going to keep serving it up. Job 36, verse 11. If they obey and serve him. Well, that's no, no, that's no hill for a climber. That's no problem for us, is it? We love to obey and serve him. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures hallelujah the new living says if they listen and obey God 
They will be blessed with prosperity throughout their lives. All their years will be pleasant. What you say today is going to set the course for tomorrow. So go ahead and put this in your mouth today and just let it begin going ahead of you and making your way straight and path, that path for you. All your years will be pleasant. All your years. That means when you're 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, you're not decreasing and losing mobility and spending all your money on, on medical bills, but all your years will be pleasant. Why? Because you obey Him, you serve Him, you're spending your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. You are blessed with prosperity throughout your life and all your years will be pleasant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wants this for our home and for our family. Psalm 112. Not just in the business, not just in one part. He wants it in our home, in our family. Psalm 112. Hallelujah. And let's look specifically at verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Whose house? The man who fears the Lord and delights in his commandments. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The message Bible says their houses brim with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. Their houses brim with wealth. The Jerusalem Bible says, there are riches and wealth for my family. The Amplified says, prosperity and welfare are in my house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In my house. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. God wants this in our family. Go just a few uh, chapters over to chapter 115. He not only wants it in our house, He wants it on our children. Verse 12, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Go ahead and say amen, Aaron. Hallelujah. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more. You and your children. God wants your children flowing in this blessing. It's got to be in your house for it to be on your children. This word increase means to exceed or proceed further. To exceed or proceed further. To make greater. Hallelujah. One translation says, May the Lord give you continual prosperity, you and your children. He will bless you more and more. This increase, He wants it to be for a lifetime. He wants it to be in our house. And He wants it to be on our children. Hallelujah. And it's not limited to what's happening in our society. Job chapter 5. God's blessing capacity is not hindered because of what's going on in the finances of the world around us. Hallelujah. Job chapter 5 verse 20. In famine he shall redeem you from death and in war from the power of the sword. Verse 22. At destruction and famine you shall laugh. Neither shall you be afraid of the beasts of the earth. And we found out from Ezekiel why. We have a covenant of peace. We have a covenant of nothing. Famine can't break the covenant of nothing missing, nothing broken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not based on what's going on around us. This blessing, this increase, God's all-sufficiency doesn't change because of natural conditions. Psalm 33, verse 18. 
I'm almost done. Psalm 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Hallelujah. God's ability is not hindered by what's going on in the world around us. And Psalm 37, verse 18. Psalm 37, 18. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Remember, bear the shame of the heathen. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Hallelujah. The Hebrew word satisfied in this verse means to be filled up to have plenty, to be filled up. Famine can be all around us, but our all-sufficient El Shaddai, we're connected to Him. We're not connected to the world system that is, is up and down and here and there and in and out. We're connected to the sufficiency of God and he says, even if they're experiencing famine, we will be satisfied and again, filled up to have plenty. We will have plenty. We will have plenty. We will be filled up. The New Living says, they will not be disgraced in hard times, even in famine. They will have more than enough. In famine, I'm going to have more than enough. Much less in good times, I'm going to have more than enough. I'm just going to live in the more than enough because my God is more than enough. He will supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. The New International Version says, In times of disaster, they will not wither. In the days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. They will enjoy Plenty. Hallelujah. In the original language, it gives this idea. God will supply until no more is needed. That's the, the, the root investigation of that word will bring out that when it says they will be satisfied, God will supply until no more is needed. Did Jesus bless the bread and the fish and divide it to the disciples. And as they distributed, the blessing caused a multiplication. It says they all ate one bite. Did all those 5,000 people, did they eat one, one little tiny bite of fish? Did they get a handful of fish and a handful of bread? And they said, Whoo, I, can, I think we might have enough to make it back home uh, where we can get a ham sandwich. Right? I think we might be able to make it back. This might be enough for our two-day journey back, however far they were. I don't know exactly how far they were. No, it didn't say they got a handful each. It said every person ate till they were full. They were full. And you're God's own child. He's your El Shaddai. He wants you to know Him. I am your more than enough, Father. And it pleases me, it honors me, and it gives me glory when I'm able to do good for you. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands to Him. Oh, thank you. You fill us up, Lord. You fill us up and you supply a more than enough supply. And Father, we celebrate your supply. We celebrate you're more than enough. We celebrate, and Father, we want to give you every opportunity to celebrate as you are glorified in doing good for us. We will always give you the glory. We will recognize you as the source of the good. We will point people to you, and we will be thankful to you, and we will acknowledge that it is you who has done this for us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, praise God. Did you receive tonight?